Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, people? And welcome to the Everyday Hustle. The show that explores the five most important days that have changed the lives of the world's best young creators, entrepreneurs, and inventors. With new guests on the show each week, they'll be telling us their incredible stories and their everyday hustle. If you're on a journey, need some inspiration, or just want to hear from some of the best young minds around, then subscribe wherever you are listening to this. Follow us on our socials at Everyday Hustle Show on Instagram and ED Hustle Show on Twitter. This is the Everyday Hustle. Our guest joining us on the Everyday Hustle show today is a YouTube sensation. From directing to podcasting to gaining half a million subscribers on YouTube, he's the real deal when it comes down to showcasing creativity in your work. By kickstarting his film, raising over £80,000, his hustle has never really went unseen. One quarter of the podcast, educating Josh. Welcome to the show, Luke Cutfall. Thank you. That was a very lovely intro. Yeah, yeah. Right, now, listen, I've been practicing on these. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm feeling great about myself after that. <laughs> wow, look at me go. <laughs> All right, right. It's not going to be able to fit out of the room. Yeah. Um, the tables have turned now, literally, because last time we was in this room, I was on that. No, I yeah. was sat in this exact seat. Actually. You were guesting yeah. on our podcast. Yeah, amazing. And how's that going? Really, really well. Yeah, well, I'm loving it. I've always wanted to do sort of radio and spoke because although I'm a YouTuber, I hate being on camera and seeing yeah. my own face. And so being able to like wander in looking like rubbish and just record, it's just my voice. As long yeah. as my voice is fine, it's yeah. great. I love it's it. It's a weird one. So um, what have you been up to? Tell the people then. I've been working a lot recently, which is like not what people expect of YouTubers. They yeah. think we're all just sitting in our bedroom doing nothing. Of course. Um, I have been working on my film. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a film for four four years. <laughs> Casually. Uh, yeah, it's taken far too long. Um, and I've been doing my podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. And generally, I've been trying to sort of better myself as a person as well. Yeah. Like, um, I've been going through some some brain things. Mm-hmm. Had, well, I'm sure we'll get into this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had like a, a bunch of really interesting, uh, groundbreaking depression therapy, yeah. which has been really great. And um, then I've also just been sort of, lazy as well i've got to have lazy <laughs> you've time. got to have the balance you've yeah. got to have the balance i mean i'm really excited about today's today's show mainly because i mean you come across you're such uh, a bubbly character Thanks. um you're very sort of infectious when you walk into the room um but there are a lot of sort of ins and outs that people may not necessarily see from your youtube channel or from ha- knowing you as luke cutforth um which i'm sure we're going to get into today but yeah. first things first the people that come on the show they they talk about what the word hustle means to them. So what does that mean to you? Okay, so when you asked, you sort of prepared me a little bit for this and I, I looked up what hustle means <laughs> okay, in the right, dictionary. Right. He had to be that guy. I'm like. He had to be that guy. And it said it was all about sort of like pushing each other out of the way and I don't like that what? at all. It says to like to push roughly or to jostle or... Hustle and bustle, is yeah, it? Like, exactly. is that what, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I don't like that at all. No, 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 no. And I, I'm very much somebody who I don't want to push anyone else out of the way in yeah. order to get where I want to go. Yeah. Um, I guess to me it means... 
the exact opposite of my life. I see the hustle as working in the rat race, working in traditional jobs. And I've never done that. I started YouTube when I was 15 years old. I, start, mm -hmm. I started earning money from it when I was 16. And this has been my life for the whole time I've been an adult. And so I've never experienced that. And now I see that as sometimes a flaw because I don't know what the real world is like. And sometimes I'm very feel very lucky to have done that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I see hustle as is the complete antithesis of yeah. what I do with my life. <laughs> so I'm Luke Cupforth and this is my everyday hustle. Day one for me would be the day I borrowed a camera at my grandma's 80th birthday party. Was, okay, so whose camera was it? First so it was it was uh, my my dad's friend Satnam, right? Who, <laughs> who taught me loads of things about computers right. when I was really young, and yeah. I was so arrogant, and I I thought I was loads of weird things I did where I thought I knew what I was doing. So at one point, do you know on the computer you have like on in the C drive you have a folder called Windows? Yeah. I just I was like, oh, we need to move some space, so I just moved Windows to another place, <laughs> and then not, the computer did not work at all. Um, but Satnam lent me a camera, and I ran around. Um, my grandma's 80th birthday party filming loads of things and that's where I really got into this love of recording How stuff. old was you at this time? Uh, honestly I don't actually know I think I was probably about 7 or 8 years old Right I'd have to look up my grandma's yeah, birthday yeah, yeah, yeah. to tell you that Yeah Okay so Satnam obviously was the key in for you he was the plug Yeah to, well We got this camera and go around and start filming was Yeah it, Was that the, when the passion developed? Yeah I think so I mean it's a difficult one to place there's lots of different moments in my life where I've sort of fallen into this film world because the weird thing is, is I don't actually fit in the mm -hmm. film world at all mm -hmm. I'm a very logical very scientific very unarty person yeah I don't really I don't care about all your sort of arty bullshit I don't yeah. want to listen to all that <laughs> and so I I actually at my heart my producer of my film tells me this all the time I'm a scientist mm -hmm. I love reading and being logical um and Satnam, I suppose, was my route into that because he taught me how to use a computer. Mm. And how, how to use a computer is how I then got into sort of doing visual effects and editing and that sort of more nerdy computery logical side of film oh like, okay so you're like seven eight years old yeah yeah listen at seven eight years old i was i was putting a can in my bike yeah. to make it sound like a motorbike <gasps> oh, I, <did laughs> so that. I got a little piece of cardboard actually and put it on the back wheel and it goes i mean this is like what what on earth we've lived two different completely binary opposite childhoods and we've here. ended up in the same place yeah do you know what i mean well this is it um it was your grandma's 80th birthday yeah you picked up a camera you started filming things did you ever ever know that that was something that you wanted to do for the rest of your life I'm not sure at eight years old I understood what a job was. No. I don't think I knew that that's the thing you had to do. But I did know, yeah, I think I knew very early on, this is what I want to do forever. Like, I don't want to stop doing this. No. And so by extension, I guess, in, a, in my childhood mind, yes, I wanted to do that as a job. Um, like that night, I remember I was going, um, I was taking my sister around the house in my grandma's house. And we were doing like teleportation in-camera teleportation effects, which I, I don't know if you'd know what that is, cool. but like basically you'd film, I'd film myself standing there and I'd click my fingers and then I'd stop the camera recording, I'd leave, start and the then, camera again, <laughs> I'd, I'd teleport, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, very yeah. basic. Yeah. But like for, in that moment, it's just this moment where you suddenly understand how, it's almost like how perception works. Yeah. In that like, you, you know what's going on, but there's some part of your brain on some level is like, oh, they just vanished. How did that mm. happen? Like, even when you know consciously how it works, there's an unconscious part of you that doesn't. And that's magical. And, that, so, and that's very creative, though, yeah. as well. Like, you, it, like, sort of tapping into that creative side of you without you actually realising. Like, oh, I know you were saying, oh, you don't care about these arty things and things like that, but that's actually, I mean, yeah, like, being able to do that. Yeah, I think it is something that, that I sort of had on 
on a basic like i wanted to do this as as a, as my life and i guess it's like a a subconscious sort of drive towards it yeah because i have always done it like i've never mm. i've never been told to make a film no i've always like picked up a camera and done something i had a thing called yeah. a digital blue this rubbish little toy camera yeah and then i did after effects and tracked daleks onto onto the onto like scenes it and like a tardis incredible, man it's incredible you could get employed as an eight-year-old by this is good um now is that would you say like your experience um from such a young age um, of it being a passion area and things like that. Has, has that benefited you now you're older and you look back and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm grateful. Or do you wish that you maybe would have lived a bit of a different childhood? Absolutely not. Mm. I mean, there's lots of things in my childhood, which I'm sure we'll get onto in mm. the show, which were not necessarily positive, yeah. but have all led to me being where I am now. And yeah. I'm incredibly grateful for where I am now. And I don't think there's anything in my life that I would care that much about changing like i it, not although not all my life is positive mm. i'm happy and i'm content where i am day two for me would have been when i was 14 years old and i moved away from my little town tiny little town in the southeast called hitchin and moved all the way up to northern sheffield so 14 is a bit of a tough age though to be going through like big movements in environments like that yeah i mean i i had a girlfriend called charlie for two years yeah and so i was i started very young um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i had a don't girlfriend hold, t- you don't waste time <laughs> no uh, for two years called charlie and that was horrible like it, moving away from her was like the hardest so thing. was that like you kind of come to terms with it and you was like yeah okay this is it now i can't we can't go on no longer no i try long we distance. tried oh you we did really yeah. like we really tried to be i, I like how i'm putting this like we tried Do you know what I mean? we were like... also 14 years old <laughs> and it wasn't that deep but it eventually it sort of just broke down um really hard but i was moving away from what i now look back at in hindsight from some really horrible bullying really and I, so i had a horrible time in school where some of my friend ex-friends became my bullies and mm-hmm. and actually now that uh to my dad's great surprise it turns out that moving away was the best thing for me yeah as um, tough as it was at the time i mean what sort of bullying was you going through so um mostly it would have been mental but often it became physical bullying yeah. I, the like one really specific memory in my head is i was cornered in an alley and these guys um all had rubber bands and paper clips or pins something like that something yeah. metal and they were pinging them at me and they were hitting me yeah. in the eye and in the face and i that was this moment where i just like broke and i just screamed and like roared out yeah. and like sprinted away and finally told a teacher i was a little yeah, grass yeah, yeah. i wasn't a little grass but i well, became no, but a little grass 100 percent. but looking back now that would be the best sort yeah. of point of call because you're so young man yeah and obviously what you what your listeners can't see is that i'm ginger and so <laughs> you know that happens yeah. uh we i was bullied a lot for being that's why i was picked on because i was yeah. a little ginger boy and so when i moved away to sheffield i was able to my mum took took charge and was like although i do want you to be yourself maybe we should dye your hair so oh, really yeah so i dyed my hair blonde did that help the situation yeah well it yeah. took a good few months for them to realize in the new place <laughs> before that, the roots came yeah. out let me tell you and then they realized i was like oh here we go again yeah. fantastic but by that point the nice thing about being in a mixed school and but being like not a particularly manly man mm. i'm not a very macho no, yeah. uh guy i made a friends with a lot of the girls and all the guys were at an age where they wanted attention from the girls and so although they didn't like me they kind of had like they had to sort of I have a bit on one level like me because yeah. I, I was friends with loads of the girls they fancied. Yeah. So that, like, that kind of worked in my favour. Yeah. Well, growing up through school, uh, going through bullying, it's, it's a tough, 
tough thing to also remain focused. And 14 was a tough age for you to do that mm. move. Um, but looking back like at younger Luke, what would you say to younger Luke going through that bullying scenario? Or what would you say to, to people out there that may be going through that? Yeah, so I was talking about this the other day with mm. one of my friends. What I realized was my the, the friends that I had, we were all a bit weird and still are a bit weird. Yeah. And what, but the thing I didn't notice at the time was they weren't getting, or at least from my point of view, they weren't getting bullied in the same way I was. And the difference with them was they were proud of who they were. Well, that's it. It's embracing the yeah. your weirdness because you technically like you you saying like you're weird. Yeah. I don't really think that's weird. It's just you're not doing things like everybody. I'm not else. trying to fit in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and who should be trying to fit in nowadays, especially mm. in the world that we're living in, like where where differences are actually somewhat more more of being accepted. Um, just that little bit more than it used to be, especially like so. Say for example, gingers in school, without a doubt, it still happens. But Ed then Sheeran's again, done, you have Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah it's, he's that's done what a lot I'm saying. for us. So I personally thanked him for that once. <laughs> I met him and I said, "How do you feel to know that you have encouraged a generation yeah. of gingers to go outside?" Yeah, straight talking about Nando's. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, seriously, yeah. If I was giving advice to younger me slash people out there getting bullied, yeah. the people who I saw were being were weirder than me. Like mm. there were like there were some weird people in my school. Yeah. They weren't bullied because they, they just bounced off them because yeah. they weren't, okay, yeah, cool. And I wasn't. I was trying to, oh, no, please like me. Mm. Please, I'm not, I, I'm, yeah. And I would, I would very much advise people to not do that because yeah. actually bullies are 10 times more insecure than you are. Yeah. And they're jealous of whatever it is that you have going for you. Yeah. Being through the things that you went through, mm. would you, you know, I think you mentioned, you touched upon it earlier, like getting to where you are today without going through those things. Do you reckon you'd be here like that? Absolutely not. I think one of the things about sort of adversity or being put into a difficult place is it sort of forces you to develop a personality. Mm. Because if people if people think you're ginger or are unattractive or whatever, then you've got to find other ways to make them like you and make them spend time with you. And so I think I'm quite a, a quite a big character, and I ha- I've been forced over the years to sort of develop. Uh, a sort of personality mm. and i think if you're attractive and cool automatically you don't need a personality yeah. people just like you yeah, and you yeah. don't need to do anything and then you get out of school and you realize oh actually being cool doesn't have any yeah. effect in the real world would you say it's a case of finding yourself yeah exactly i would say yeah it's about finding your niche about mm. finding what it is that makes you you and amplifying that mm. and uh, basically and, and going through horrible things forces you to do that So day three for me would be the day that I opened my YouTube channel. Ooh. Yeah. Changing your life. Yeah. Literally. So, because it was never really like the most popular thing to do mm. back in the day. I remember like the, obviously the first set of heads that actually created YouTube channels and started taking it seriously. They're huge now. Yeah. They're absolutely huge. Um, at what point, what age was you? I was 15. 15. Yeah. And what sort of spurred you to do it? Um, okay, so I was not co- I was not cool. Even at this second school. <laughs> I don't know. Like, everything that you're saying about Adobe After Effects and stuff from the age of eight. It's seems cool really now. Cool, man. It wasn't <laughs> cool then. Um, so what spurred me to do it, basically, was I... <laughs> two things. I wanted to be a filmmaker, but that was a okay. separate thing. Yeah. The main thing, and I'm not... I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of this. It's quite funny. Was I fancied a girl 
who fan- standard i fancied a girl who fancied a youtuber <laughs> and so i thought if i become a youtuber she'll fancy me this is like you need to start a new series luke cutforth on how to get girls yeah, no because is- I, I never got the girl <laughs> oh, so it didn't work what was your intention like that that just doesn't make sense what was you gonna do like confess your dying love oh no her, she already but- knew Oh, okay. I'd already told her. You, that you like, like you really, yeah. really like. Oh, yeah, her. she knew. And he was like, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a YouTuber now, I was anyway. <laughs> absolutely shameless in this. It was awful. <laughs> it was disgusting. Um, and, yeah, so I created a YouTube channel. Um, she called me not sexy one day, so I made my first YouTube channel, Luke is not sexy. Oh, my days. Because I was like, really, really, like, that hurt your life. Yeah. It? Yeah. This is... <laughs> Maybe I should go to therapy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, literally, I mean, between what this day will most definitely have changed my life. This is crazy. Like, before this, I would have gone off on to... What would you I'm, have done? I may have ended up in film some other way, yeah. but I probably ended up, would have ended up in science, which is still absolutely a fantastic um, career opportunity and career and life to go down. Yeah. Um, but entirely the other side of the coin, right? That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That, this literally is like... Cause all you do today mm. with your work and everything like that would you say like youtube has been one of the biggest game changers uh, the single biggest game mm. changer i think well maybe maybe moving to sheffield because moving to sheffield mm. made me become a youtuber in that i wouldn't have done it in a boys school because that would have been relentlessly yeah, bullied yeah, yeah, yeah. For. and i was still bullied for it at school but yeah. less so yeah and so what were, uh, the, what were the type of videos that you were first ever like uploading literally just stories from my life i literally used it like a diary right um and then and then what i'd do is it's so embarrassing i would i basically record the story and then i'd go oh that's not fun enough so i'd make a bunch of noises and then every like other sentence i'd drop a noise in so it'd be like <laughs> so me and my friends went to, t- to town and then like and we went to wh smith's and then like i have a cat and i go cat meow and then like that's not content so- like, that's not good <laughs> it would just be like inter- interspliced with just my cat or my dog or just me in a funny outfit like it's not good it's not, they're all gone now they're that's gone forever weird. definitely getting the girl here <laughs> i could just imagine her watching these videos like what is he doing yeah yeah it's painful so luke is not sexy was created yes um and did it immediately grow from strength to strength did you get a good following or did it and, and also then even on that what sort of things was it doing mentally was it giving yourself reassurance that you've sort of like on your way to find yourself yeah okay so firstly um did it get what was the first question Sorry. did it did it get like an immediate following yeah okay yeah so firstly did it get an immediate following no mm. i am a bit of an outlier in my sort of most YouTubers have, an, have a day or a night or a week or a month where they just blow up. I've never had that. Mm. I've always been like a steady growth kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and that's great in some ways and not great in other ways because mm-hmm. I don't have any confidence in myself because I don't have this big like, oh, wow, I'm really important yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But also I, don't, I don't also don't care when things go badly, no. particularly. And I also I think I have a, have a sort of more loyal um viewership because yeah, they're very sort of, active audience yeah. i've noticed that in your videos man they've not come because i did one viral video no they've come because they like me and yeah. that's one that's what i think was really nice like my manager said to me a few weeks ago i have a really unique audience in that as long as i'm happy they're happy yeah and if that means i'm not uploading a video because i'm stressed out they're happy with that which is really yeah. weird and unique place to be um but it's like i have loads and loads of I don't know, parents or guardian angels. It's like lots of little people who care about me, which is lovely. Um, that's like a, it's a really good place to be. Well, that's doing it for the right reasons though. But I think nowadays there's a lot of people that 
don't do it for the right reasons. They do it to try and get that viral Absolutely. video and blow up overnight. Yeah. And then consequently to that, you get sometimes slated, isn't it? It's quite a dark place, YouTube. It can be. It is. And I think what it does to you is you're, like I said earlier, I think there's parts of your brain that don't fully understand what's going on on a mm. conscious level. And I think if you blow up overnight, you suddenly think you're really important. You, your sense of self yeah. gets so high. Yeah. And then when it goes away, your sense of self shoots back down and you go, oh, I, I actually wasn't important. And yeah. I, that's really sad. And then your body sort of readjusts and goes, you're less important than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And you should always underassume your importance. And I think that's mm-hmm. quite a miserable place to be. So starting up your YouTube channel, did you feel like you was finally on that journey to finding yourself? Yes. I mean, what, what my YouTube channel really gave me was, because I was miserable in school often, mm. and because I felt bullied, um, YouTube and the sort of community that grew out of that gave me a place where the bullies couldn't get me. Mm. And it gave me sort of another world to exist in because... If I was at school is your entire life as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's all your friendships are based around school generally, unless you are at like a church or some kind of group. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so YouTube and that community gave me a sense of purpose that had nothing to do with the people who didn't like me or and they couldn't access that and they couldn't push it either way. And even if they did, like some people, some people actively made videos about me and how much they didn't like me from my school. Jeez. And everyone on, everyone online just kind of ignored it because yeah. it's just like, oh, that's just jealousy, isn't it? Because the world's so much bigger than like that school that you were yeah. being bullied in or that, you know, that life there that you're living. There's like a million, millions and millions of people in this world. Yeah. And also you asked about um, whether it helped me sort of find myself. Mm. Um, I definitely think so, because it, especially in the early days of YouTube, it's not so much like this now. Now it's sort of all the cool kids have found YouTube or all the dicks have found YouTube yeah, and they yeah. just want to get famous and rich. But in the early days of YouTube, because it wasn't a thing you could make money from, it was just a place to create things and find community. And it was sort of a, it was sort of like a hive mind of like-minded weirdos um, where we were all kind of strange. Like a lot of the early YouTubers were very weird people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> including myself, probably. <laughs> um and that gave you some comfort because even if you're like the 1% weirdest person in yeah. your school or the 5% weirdest person in your school, yeah. on the internet, everyone's a weirdo. Yeah, exactly, because all the cool yeah. kids are out playing football. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're off playing football. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the internet being a weirdo with all I, my other weirdos. Just like trying to play trying football. Trying to play I football. tried. Yeah. I tried very, very hard. That just didn't work. So it kind of encouraged me to sort of embrace my weird side and self because it, it made me popular, which yeah. didn't exist el- el- elsewhere in the real world. Not, being a freak did not make you popular in the yeah. real world. But on YouTube, they love it. <laughs> 
Okay, so day four for me would be the day that my parents found out I was depressed. Pretty powerful. Yeah, uh, um, it sucked. So I was, I think, 15 or 16 years old. Mm-hmm. They found me passed out. Oh, I think I was, I think I was wriggling. I think I was yeah. like, like I was basically so drunk yeah. in a field uh, in Sheffield where I lived, a little while away from my house. Is this daytime? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, it was nighttime. like two in the morning probably um and i basically i used to get drunk quite a lot because i was so unhappy Mm. and and liked to party um and on this occasion i'd got so bad that my friends i was with had called my parents and that in like friend world you don't do that no no no, never do that but they were like this is not okay Mm. and so yeah my dad turned up with the car took me home um uh, it, this sort of was about half a year, maybe a year after the first time they'd found me drunk, wh- where I was taken to hospital for it. Wow. Um, and yeah, and I sort of, I was in such a state that I was just crying and did not think about all the things I was trying to hide from my parents. I was just telling them all this stuff, like I'm depressed, I'm self-harming. Mm. Um, they found scars on my, my arm. I had pictures on my phone of myself harming. I don't even know why I yeah. took those, but they were there. Um, and so that was a really difficult moment because I think it's that's something I tried to hide so much mm. from them, um, partly to protect them and yeah. partly to because I was embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but it sort of I think became a turning point in that, and that stuff stopped quite soon yeah. because my parents sort of understood that actually I wasn't as happy as I seemed. Yeah. I mean, what, what what things were you going through mentally, so, just so that we can get an understanding? Um, like what thoughts and and, and feelings um it's really hard to remember because i've kind of blocked out most of it yeah really um i definitely felt suicidal i definitely felt um that nobody liked me mm-hmm. and that i had no worth at all mm-hmm. and i still i still feel like that sometimes I, d- I definitely often feel um that nobody likes me but i also yeah. know that people do so it's yeah. fine um and i think that's just i i seem to have sort of a a complex in my head i assume somebody doesn't like me until i know that they do yeah and so the sad thing about that is there's seven billion people in the world i assume (laughs) most of them don't like me but then looking like in the deeper picture of that do you think that it's just very important to like yourself yes and that's sort of that's sort of where i've got to now yeah i'm sort of on the way to that yeah and actually the other realization not only to like yourself is that most people don't think about you that much no yeah you're not actually that they've got their own lives to live yeah yeah and so i think i think it stems from not only a lack of confidence but also a massive arrogance that i think people think about me (laughs) that complexly (laughs) like it's definitely an arrogant thing to go oh this person hates me actually i I remember you know zoella yeah yeah, i remember having this thing where i thought that um that she hated me for some reason yeah and then my friend evan just went I don't think she even <laughs> thinks about you ever. I don't think she cares about your existence. Like, well, fair enough. Yeah. So, was this um, was this point here? Was this when your depression was at its worst? Um, it depends how you measure it. Mm. I think in terms of me being unhappy, yeah, yes. But in terms of sort of the more subtle forms of depression yeah um i.e sort of lack of motivation i mean it's a roller coaster yeah. it's a roller coaster journey isn't it um i think that was a more recent thing i think mm-hmm. it got to the peak of that maybe half a year ago a year ago yeah for me um which is when i really started get, like as i said earlier in the show seeking these sort of alternative treatments for this mm-hmm. uh, which so far have been working very well so what are those treatments so the the main thing i've been trying is a thing called resonant magnetic 
Resonant transcranial magnetic stimulation. Right. <laughs> Basically, what Sounds it is, good. is they put a big magnet, a right. big electric magnet yeah. on your head right. in the areas that deal with anxiety and um, mood regulation. And the part on your, on your, pre, your, your frontal left hemisphere, prefrontal lobe, on the left they make that bit bigger and stronger because that controls positive mood right and then so they're literally lifting your mood yes well they're 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 basically making the area of the brain that controls mood grow and get stronger right and then they put a different type of magnetic stimulation to the prefrontal right hemisphere sorry psychologists i'm getting this very wrong but that deals with anxiety and they make that part shrink is that not dangerous um well i'm still alive (laughs) So I think it's 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 very targeted yeah. um just to the specific part of your brain mm-hmm. and they they have very good research behind it and it has uh, I know for people it hasn't worked but yeah. I also know for myself it very much has. Yeah. Um the part it hasn't fixed is it hasn't fixed my motivation. Um so I I'm very still quite unmotivated but I'm perfectly yeah. happy being unmotivated yeah. and I'm very uh, the, the difference is is normally when i don't want to work i would sit on the sofa and feel rubbish because i'm like come on just do something yeah now i'm a, i'm on the sofa and i'm like eh, could just sit here it can just sit yeah. Here, yeah and that's that for me is a big difference like that's um, being able to accept it being able to just exist without yeah. being terrified and without hating yourself is yeah. a big change um yeah. so that's very nice what is your motivation on a week-to-week basis? Like, when you do find it? Well, that's that's the hard thing for me, is I don't have any. <laughs> so the, real is, the realistic thing for me is I've never had a real job. Yeah. I don't have anything particularly to fear because mm-hmm. I've saved some money so I could reasonably have a bit of financial crisis and I would be all right. Mm-hmm. I've locked that money away from, so I can't touch it yeah, and spend yeah, yeah. it on MacBooks. But yeah. I reasonably, I'm not financially scared in the short term. Yeah. I don't have a boss, so I'm not mm-hmm. scared of them. Um, I've never been homeless, so I'm not scared of that. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any fear. And that's what's so... I think that's where my lack of motivation comes mm-hmm. from, is I've sort of got nothing to... Mm-hmm. And also have an audience who don't get angry when I don't upload a video. Uh, so I don't have fear of them. You need to start them. getting angry Could everyone please just be mad at me? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much better. Um, my motivation really... The, the, the one difference is I'm motivated to do things I'm excited about mm. and things that I think are good. Yeah. And so... Because you did a video on this, isn't it? Um, how, how, how I, I changed, changed my, my life. life in one week. Yeah. yeah. And so I try and sort of do little things around the house that trick my brain into into doing things that are good. Yeah. So like, for example, I stick up post-it notes all over my yeah, wall. Yeah, this, this is incredible, this. So, so you put them around the mirror. Yeah, I put them but, around my mirror. And then at the, the night before I go to bed, I arrange which post-it notes I'm going to get done. Yeah. And then in the morning, I try and do them and I take them down when I've done them. And it's sort of like gamifying your life. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't have a boss to get mad at you, you don't mm-hmm. have a job to lose... You, you still need to keep some form, need to, yeah. form of structure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so that's sort of how I do that. And it's a bit messy and a bit childish, I yeah. guess, that I have to make my life into a game. But whatever, you know, whatever works. works. Exactly, exactly. Whatever works. So day five on the Everyday Hustle is five years into your future. Where you see yourself going, um, sort of goals and aspirations that you want to tick off, um, or who you see yourself as, as a person. Yes. So as I mentioned earlier in the show... I one of the reasons I started YouTube because I wanted to make films. Yeah. And I whether I believed it or not really, one of my excuses for not doing my schoolwork and for making YouTube videos instead was mm-hmm. oh well I'll be able to build up an audience and then I'll be able to make films. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I believed that, but it did happen in the end. 
yeah, let's not beat around the bush here. This is pretty <laughs> incredible, this story. Um, so over £80,000. Yeah, so I raised £85,000 on Kickstarter <laughs> for a feature. Um, and being in film, as I've said, is what I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's an incredible process. It's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's especially difficult because it's very expensive. Yeah. And that's the hardest part to get over. And so I have a, my producer, Josh... We were sort of going for meetings for like a year, trying to convince these rich people to give us some money. And we got close and then we lost it and then whatever, blah, blah, blah. And eventually Josh said to me, look, you have people online who care about you and who want you to succeed. Yeah. And there's so many of them. A little bit goes a long way. Yeah, that a little bit from a lot of people can turn into 85,000 pounds apparently. Wow. Um, which is incredible like it's it's ridiculous and i i it doesn't do great things for my brain because i feel very guilty that all these people have done this and it's taken me four years to add pressure oh oh yes like how uh, yeah god like every so often i get an angry email going where's the film and i'm like i'm really sorry (laughs) uh, four years later (laughs) i know well our expected delivery date was june 2016 oh no and it's not done yet um but where i see myself in the future and you've just been talking about how you've been sitting on the sofa yeah (laughs) Uh, hey now Uh, yes yes uh i do work a lot i promise you i do work a lot i worked 18 hours yesterday um but where i see myself in the future is i would like to still be doing youtube Mm -hmm. i love it but i don't want to rely on it for money Mm -hmm. i don't want it to be my job because i think that i didn't start it to earn money although in my first video i did say it'd be nice to have a youtube partnership and earn money from youtube (laughs) so i was always a little bit business minded but i don't want to rely on youtube i want to be making films and i want to be writing Mm -hmm. um and i want to generally just be doing good things in the world one of the amazing things i am able to do with my life at the moment is i because i get sponsorships on youtube they pay quite well. Yeah. And it means that the majority of the work I do, I don't get paid for at the moment. So like the film, I've not been paid for. And mm. I've been working for four years on that. The podcast I do, we have not been paid for yet for anything. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm in, a, I'm in a very lucky position where I can do things I care about and sort of know that they'll it's eventually... Al- it's almost like having like a, a, a side hustle in a sense um, while you can then pursue the things that you exactly. really truly want to do. Exactly. And so where I see myself in five years' time is hopefully all those things, those, the fruits of that labour will have yeah. blossomed. Yeah. And I'll be able to just do things I care about and just mm. do things that are good. And that's, while a fantastic privilege to be able to have... Um, I think I'll use it for good rather than for bad. I don't think I'll be lazy or mm-hmm. exploitative. Um, I'd like to do more charity work. I'd like to do films about things I care about um, and try and sort of right some of the wrongs in the world. Yeah. Um, very bold, not not small plans. Yeah. Um, but that's where I think I'll, I, I want to be. Uh, and I want to be happy as well. I yeah. want to be not doing anything I don't think is right. Yeah. Like the, everyone has things they don't think is right. Like uh, for me, it's like, eating sugar it's not a very big one but i don't like eating sugar i'll have released a film finally i hope it doesn't take nine years as i said it's quite infectious like your your personality and your outlook on life Mm. and that being behind what you're pushing for with your work is very genuine um and that's why i think that you and your strife in your work and all the things that you're focusing on is going to be really successful for that I hope so. I mean, at the moment, I'm in a funny position where I sort of have all these good ideals, Mm -hmm. but there are also lots of people who are much more successful than me with worse, in my opinion, worse or more exploitative ideals. And so I can't really justify, oh, you should be good and not exploit people because actually the people who are exploiting people 
are doing very well for themselves. Yeah. And so I hope that I, one thing I really want to do is I want, I want to be successful, but not from a personal point of view. I want to be successful because I want to be able to show and stand up and go, look, you can do things yeah. in I'm the way that you example. perceive the right way of living and you can still get where you want to go and still mm-hmm. be successful. You don't have to exploit people. You don't have to be negative. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, to, to sum things up, if you had to give three tips for the listeners tuned in, um, what would they be? They may be pursuing into a, a different journey or a career, but what would you say as, as a main bit of motivation for them? Three rules. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my first one, probably probably my biggest one would be meditate meditate yeah now that's this, something i definitely don't do <laughs> now this is something i've 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 been meaning to do for absolutely years mm-hmm. and by extension I, I would also say meditate or pray now that's not from a religious point of view necessarily but i would say that doing these things i think we when's the last time you actually gave your brain a rest that wasn't mm-hmm. sleeping mm-hmm. and when's the last time you actually thought about what do i really want that wasn't when you were wanting food yeah. or wanting anything. And I would say that meditation slash prayer, even if you don't believe anyone's listening, yeah. gives you time to actually work out what you want. Because I don't think many of us know what we want. I've been reading this book recently called Secrets. Um, and it's it's about speaking things into existence. Yeah, And I'm so, so for it. Only the other day, literally, I mean, what I've been presenting for just about four years now. And I have only just the other week then sat down and realized actually where what i want and what i want to get from things um and it is that case of speaking into existence it is positive thoughts positive mentality um and giving your brain a rest from everything else that's going on because even if it's just an imagination thing Mm. imagine okay imagine there was a god what would you ask for yeah and then if you don't believe in a god well take the god away but still strive towards what you actually want rather than all the distractions that you kind of get you wouldn't ask God for loads of likes on Instagram, no. for example. You'd ask God for mental quiet and yeah. happiness. Yeah. And so stop wanting loads of likes on Instagram. Yeah. Work towards mental quiet and happiness. <laughs> My number two would be assume that you know nothing. And now I don't mean this in, in, in the most obvious way, in the sort of most basic way. It's like, don't be arrogant, mm-hmm. right? But also I would say, read as much as you possibly can. Assume that somebody who has... Uh, written a book or has lived a life for 50, 60, 70 years probably knows more than you Mm -hmm. do. And not even from a point of view of like, you can know something like I know in the short term that sugar is bad for me. I'm not, I'm not like an anti-sugar person, but it's a good example. And I think sugar is a good metaphor for everything because it's, it's sort of our biggest drive as a, Mm -hmm. as a, as an animal. Sugar is great in the short term, but Mm. bad in the long term or can become bad in the long term. And it might mean like a baby wouldn't know that sugar would be bad in the long term and but it would, but an adult would if yeah. the adult has then got diabetes or something. And got so, teeth, yeah. yeah, and by so by that argument, read as much as possible because what people end up writing down and actually spend their time putting into text yeah. is the stuff that they've learned over long time that they want to go. Well, don't make the same mistake as me, mm-hmm. right? And also, I would say. As part of that, and this is where it gets a little bit more confusing, a little bit more sort of weird and yeah. either spiritual or whatever, is don't assume that the current model of the world is the truth or how the world actually works. Right. Because every time we've had any kind of scientific discovery, a few years down the line, it's been disproven and been seen to be, oh, that was quite a naive way of seeing the, the world. The world's constantly changing. Exactly. And so I would say that the way the world works now, or the way that we think the world works now, will one day be seen 
as naive mm. and stupid even if we think it's all of the evidence points towards that thing right now yeah one day future humans will go well that was a bit stupider than wasn't it and they'll yeah. laugh at us right and so that's where i think it becomes so important to sort of just don't listen to anyone or or do listen to everyone like i said earlier in this podcast take on all the information and learn to make decisions for yourself rather than just go with what everybody else is doing the bbc news tells you to do or and that's not in an anti-establishment way it's just to go well why do you why the only person in this world who you really really can trust is yourself and so it's such an important thing and that's not meant to be so miserable and sad but that's true right and so developing the skill of taking on information and making Mm -hmm. your up your own mind is incredibly important and my third rule would be work out what you are not rather than what you are and so that let me try and explain so like i think it's incredibly difficult to work out what you are Mm -hmm. because there'll always be exceptions to what you are Mm -hmm. and also you can't work out what you are you can't work out a model of what you'll always be forever no and so i would say work out a few very simple very good morals that you don't do Mm -hmm. so one of mine would be i don't eat meat Mm. right because i don't think my eating of nice burger is 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 important enough for a thing to die right and so i think it's very easy to work out where you stand on what you don't do Mm -hmm. and stick by those morals and train yourself to to live by that and the rest all the rest will will emerge out of those basic rules Mm -hmm. and all the times that i've tried to make myself be something it's never worked but all the times where i've listened to that little guardian angel inside me and gone what are my morals and i should really spend all my all my time trying to live by them Mm -hmm. it's worked and i've ended up better Uh, luke thank you so much thank you really really do appreciate it uh i've been tyler west don't forget to let us know what you think and talk to us about your everyday hustles over on social media you can find us at everyday hustle show on instagram and at ed hustle show on twitter please leave us a review and subscribe on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show This has been the Everyday Hustle, a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye.